Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, let's get going. Let's get going. So this week, a little bit different, no review of the week. We're going to do 30-day challenge stuff. So we are one week into the 30-day challenge. Super excited. I've been uh, just so inspired by people rallying behind this and, uh, and jumping in. So hopefully you're plugged in. If not, jump into the Journey of a Christian Dad Facebook page. Ask for info. Check it out. Check out the videos. Check out just whatever's happening. If you're already plugged in, thanks for being plugged in and thank you for encouraging others. If you haven't posted something, post something. Just your spirit and your energy is going to help somebody else. So whether you're having great success or you're failing in an area, put it out there and let people encourage others by their stories. Speaking of stories. Oh, can I you, jump in real quick? You I, can. <laughs> on that 30 day challenge, it's many people as you know, a doctor, when I kind of give, you know, recommendations of this and I'll get to it, I'll work at it. That calendar that you have, even though it reads the first of the month, if somebody were to pick up that 30 day challenge and it's the 12th, the 12th could be your first of the month. Exactly. Right. And so you don't have to wait for the month. I'll get to it. Just go and make that 30 days. Start on the 12th and then loop it all the way around. You know what I mean? Yes. So don't wait. I mean, do it now. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So I'll get, I'll get to the introduction in a second, but that's a great point. <laughs> so start on whatever day you pick this up, start on that day. So if it's the 12th, start on the 12th and just go with the pack. And that way you can be in sync with everybody and then you can catch up on the rest after the fact, but uh, do start on the day that you pick up on it. So if it's the 12th, if it's the 14th, just, just go with the flow. So that was awesome. That was a first been doing this for a while now, and we always run into first. So that was the first time we had the guest just go before I even introduced him. So with that said, let me introduce Dr. Eddie Weller. Obviously he's a doctor with the name, Dr. Eddie Weller. He's an entrepreneur, family man, a man of God, seeker. And on top of all that, one of the reasons why I'm just super excited to have him here with us, in addition to just being a genuine guy, a guy that I turn to quite often, is that he's a storyteller. So I bring that up because you're going to hear some fantastic stories, I'm quite certain. And storytelling is a skill that I like to pass along, especially to my kids. But I try to encourage everybody to ask great questions of themselves and others, and also figure out a way to become a storyteller through story. That's how people learn quite a bit. I know you all know it's in the Bible. You read the parables. Yeah. So through parables, people learn. Jesus taught that way. So, oh, let her rip. Eddie, welcome to the art. show. It's an absolute art, you know what I mean, to do that. And I think uh, uh, what we do is, as storytellers, the people who speak on stage like you and I do, is, is we want to be like they. We want to tell a story like they, and nobody can tell your own story because it was your own experience. So just share your own experience and the experience turns into a story. Absolutely. So I think that's where people stop comparing and just be the best you and share your own gig. You know what I mean? So it's uh, when we're on stage, you're playing your music. Nobody can play like you because it's you're touching your own instruments. You know what I mean? So that's how I look at it. And ever since it's always been easy for me. 
You know, based on different personality types is who we are as men. A lot of guys can't go on stage. They feel a little weird with that. Cool. You don't have to. Your stage can be one-on-one at a coffee shop with a friend. Absolutely. That's the stage. You know, I enjoy the stage. I like the spotlight. It's kind of fun. Uh, It puts my back against the wall saying you can't. And so it's, again, you have to just kind of share your own story. And I think the biggest problem with all of the titles as we get introduced to doing different things, you're a doctor, you're this, you're that, you know, we all do that through our own experiences. I experienced school 11 years of college and he became a doctor. It was just an experience. And with that, you get a piece of paper. I also experienced the things called I do, and that turned me into a husband. I also experienced, I delivered my, well, I caught, but my wife, you know, I delivered my children (laughs) and I became a dad. That was an experience. So with those experiences, again, we share that moment and that moment turns into a story. For the guys that just jumped into the, I can't tell a story. Here's how you can just grab one or two stories that impacted you in a way, and then practice telling the stories and maybe tell somebody, Hey, I'm working on getting better at telling this story. I call them signature stories. And you just need a couple. And once you get good at telling those stories and they have the impact and shorten them down, you know, sure. get them set up, get your enunciations, get your punchline, get it all set. But once you get good at them once or twice, you'll be able to start repeating that skill over and over and over again. But you don't need all that many stories to be impactful and deliver the, the lesson that sure. you'd like to be able to share with somebody. So you matter, your experiences matter. And you owe it to yourself and especially the other men to yeah. share, share those signature stories. So and enough I, on that. And I think it's Dan, I think uh, if guys were to go to, I am second.com. Yes. It's a, it's a great way to see people who are celebrities or athletes, or all these different people tell their story. And, and it's one-on-one camera, quiet, no interview. And they just share. And it's really cool. And after you watch a bunch of them, Put up a camera by yourself, which is on your phone, and record you telling a story as you look at the camera. And then watch that again. And then, oh, I need to change that. And watch that again. And next thing you know, you start flying with your story. Yes. The story is really not for you. The story is for you to impact somebody else's life so they can now learn through their own experiences of experiencing yours with you via the story that they can overcome. They can endure. They can move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just before we came on camera, you were talking about an image you saw of yourself four years ago. Can, yeah. you, t- can you retell that story again? Oh, it's funny. Yeah. Well, it's again, you know, Facebook, you know, when I talk about fake book all the time and it's everything, you know, pops up on the image and it's like, oh, this was you three years ago or seven years ago. Here's a memory. You know, we all get those as they're tracking all of us. Right. So we all get those. And so when I see that popped on up, it was my wife and I on a beach on an anniversary. And so we took a picture on the beach and friends taking a picture and right. You do the whole thing. And I'm standing next to her. I'm like, wow, like, who is that dude? Because the guy that I'm looking like today, physically, I should say, looking like today is a night and day human. And so again, we get stuck and I'm older today. I'm more built today, in better shape today. And I wasn't ever heavy, just on the thinner of myself. And so again, when you start taking care of you in a different, physically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally, relationally, all of a sudden you start seeing things that pop up in your life. Like, I can't believe I used to think that way. I used to look that way, or I used to either dress that way or that. It's just an evolution of our story. Usually when guys go, when I look back four years ago, gosh, I can't believe how fat I was. Instead, your wife said, what'd your wife say? My wife said, yeah, she goes, look at your arms. I'm like, I know I look like Tweety Bird, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> so this was the opposite. This was right. the opposite. Now it's like a total game changer, you know. So I've been you know, working out at this place, and you know, once a week, and he's getting in shape, and so it's just been nuts. And literally once a week, it's just been a game changer. So I, I also think about if it's once a week, and I want to change my diet, then why don't you change your diet one day of the week? All you do is start with one. It's the first step, and then if you can do one day, then maybe I can do two. Mm-hmm. I say the same thing with guys with prayer. A lot of guys have a disconnect with a religious prayer because if God knows everything, what I mean by that is if God knows everything, why are you telling God what God already knows? A relationship prayer is, is why don't you tell your problem how big God is? And now that shifts. And now all of a sudden you're like, you feel the righteousness of Christ. You're like, we got this, dude. Let's go. I got God by my side. Problem, you got nothing on me. And then there was a shift. That happened with me in 2003. 2003, my accountant calls me up and says, Eddie, you pay 26,000 in taxes this year. You owe another 19. And I was like, what? Like what? And he goes, yeah, it's due in a week. Like you're killing me right now. And so I am tapped. I spent all my money, all that stuff in business. And I took my checkbook, literally whipped it on the floor. And I was, I threw some bombs at God and I got hot. I didn't have the relationship like I did today. Right. We evolved. And I'm, I'm like, what's up? I'm not taking I am serving. I am doing the best I can. What the is going on? Why am I getting raked over the coals? And then that shift, it just hit me, Dan. It hit me. And I said, Eddie, it's not about God, man. It's about that problem. God, I, dude, I apologize. I want to put a smile on your face. And that's when my motto shift. On that day, it totally shifted where I want to wake up every day putting a smile on God's face. That's it. That's my motto. Everybody, like, what do you live by? What's your motto? I want to put a smile on God's face. So it doesn't matter what the activity is. I want to put a smile on God's face. And so with that, I took that checkbook. I'm like, yeah, whipped it on the ground. Let's go. The following day, I got challenged. I got a summons in the mail. I'm getting sued by Citibank. I had had $52,000 in credit card debt. I consolidated all my credit cards so I didn't lose my credit, right? So I consolidated all my cards, making monthly payments to this consolidation company. They dispersed the payments to the four credit cards that I owe money to. So I'll slowly pay it off over years, but I don't have to close the account and lose my credit. Citibank calls or sends me a summons in the mail. I'm getting sued. I call up Citibank, says, we haven't received a payment, Eddie, in 13 months. I call the consolidation company. There's no company. They scanned me for $18,000. No payments were made. And so now my credit score goes to 425, right? 425 plummets and I'm getting sued. Now I owe the IRS money and now I'm getting sued. I'm $52,000 for the lawsuit total. And now I own Uncle Sam 14 Gs or 19 grand. And so I'm like, all right, I had a conversation with you yesterday. Are you pushing me right now? Like, what's up? And so it was long story short, in 90 days, in less than 90 days, when I met with my attorneys and the other attorneys, in less than 90 days, I stroked a check for the 19000 I owed IRS and the $52,000 I owed the credit card company in less than 90 days. And I'm like, you know, my family's like, how did you pull that off? I don't know. But I told God about my problem. And I told my problem how big my God was. And I said, God, use me. You want me to take care of that? I'm not taking the system right now. I'm not a scammer. I don't play that card. You want me to do that? It's on. Use me. I dare you. Oh, he did. And I took that and I rocked it. The business went crazy. Things went nuts. And God brought more people in my life, business life. It was nuts. It was nuts. Out of debt, nothing zero. I haven't had a credit card since 2003. 
everything's been it's unreal. Yeah, it was just a, a crazy story. And so again, that story, right? Somebody else is sitting at home going, I'm in debt right now, but I'm not 52,000 in debt, in credit card debt, right? And so again, the number's irrelevant because on the dollar bill, it reads, in God we trust. Do you? Because it's just a piece of paper. So if you need more of that, then just keep being you and God will provide it. It just happens. It's the faith move, right? It's the faith move. You got to have it. So you're talking finances a second ago. So with that, we're all going to have a major financial crisis around every 10 years. Something's going to show up in our life in a really big financial impact kind of a way. Sure. Whatever that may be. It may be a health crisis. It may be a credit card thing. It may be a tax, whatever it is, but something's going to happen. Something's going to punch you in the gut about every 10 years. Yeah. And then you get to choose what happens next. Well, you, it's your perception on that. So can, I got two stories with that, if you don't mind. Yeah, 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 go. That's exactly where I'm going with this. I'm in my backyard and, you know, I sit on my patio with my wife. I'm having a glass of wine, just chilling. And we've got little rabbits running around, you know, as we all do, and squirrels. And I'm watching this one squirrel go up and down nonstop, just up and down. And I'm like, look at this thing go. And for like, Two months, I'm watching this, and it's getting sticks and leaves, and it makes a huge nest in the tree in my backyard. I'm like, cool. So I'm just chill. Now it's done. He's going, hanging out in a nest, right? Or she, I don't know, right? Going in the, you know, squirrels going in there, hanging out, running up and down, just doing its thing, but it's done building the nest because it's no longer building it. It's complete. Ding dong. My dog goes crazy. Doorbell rings. I look on, you know, go to the front door. It's Amarin. Hi, we're here to trim your trees. So Amarin walks into my backyard and says, we have a permit to take down two trees in your backyard. And one of them is that squirrel's tree. Even animals have issues, people. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, this poor guy right now, what is this squirrel? So he calls out, cause they're down there, chainsaws. So they go down, right? And he's smashing all my plants and flowers. And I'm watching these guys. I'm like, dude, I just like did my backyard. It looks nice, they don't care. And so there's squirrels, I'm sitting down it's mid-afternoon, and this squirrel's sitting on the fence with its rear looking like this, just looking on the fence, and he's looking up, and it goes, you know, boom, and that tree goes down. And I look over at that squirrel, and the squirrel's like, huh, okay, and just watching the squirrel gets off the fence, runs over to its fallen house that's laying on the grass now, right, kind of sniffs around, and he, I swear to you, Dan, stands up on his hind legs, looks up, grabs a stick and climbed up another tree and starts building a new nest. Immediately. It didn't need a, need a GoFundMe page. It, it, it didn't need any anxiety, depression meds. It, it didn't need a Facebook page to say, everybody, will you pray for me? It just did, right? You just do what you do. And if you can own that and be depressed, that squirrel can go hang out with another squirrel's nest or he can build his own. He built another one. You know, that's the beauty of that. And I, I think we just need to keep on. We just don't stop. We're going to have things. COVID happens, right? This pandemic. So the pandemic goes and this COVID thing goes and I'm in my office seeing patients and I turn in my office, if you've been there, right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I hear on the floor. I'm like, what is that? And there is a ripple, like a waves about this high of water coming into my office and my office is flooding. I'm like, wow, like pick up the computers. Like they're on the floor, like, you know what I mean? So I get all that, tell my patients, um, grab your life preserver. We got to get out of here. This whole floor is about to go in water. And so everybody gets on out. I'm close two months of, of 2020, two months. 
and uh, start this not-for-profit that maybe we'll share a little bit, right? Start this not-for-profit. In the meantime, all this stuff that's happening, and I'm close for two months, not seeing any patients, and I'm doing my gig, and it's ripping out drywall, tearing out carpet, gutted my office. One, two, three times my office flooded, right? And that's nuts until we finally figured out what it was. However, my accountant calls me, says, Eddie, um, we got a problem. I said, what's going on? Your income has doubled in 2020. 2019, you're doing great. You just doubled in 2020. You were close for two months. You're open 10 months. And how did you, you doubled your income. How did that happen? I don't know, man. I just give credit to where credit's due. Let me tell you how things work in this world. And so again, if you have faith, you can own the flood or you can own the abundance. And that's- I, I don't know, I know if you know, is your accountant Christian? Uh, no, I don't think he is. Okay. I don't, what a powerful it, story that is to take that. Right. You know, he's a number cruncher and here, something impossible just happened. How this, yeah. how, what did you do? What are you responsible something for? Something logically just, just happened on paper that doesn't make sense in the real world because everybody else is losing their shirt, Eddie, and your business is doubling. Help me here. And I said, well, you can focus on the problem. You can focus on the solution. I focused on the solution. You know what I mean? And when you do that, then people are like, oh, what are you attracting in the world? It's not what you're attracting. It's what you're being. Christ didn't focus on people's sicknesses. He saw them get up, walk, let's go. He didn't think about all the things that were wrong in the world. He says, we got this. Christ is sitting in the bow of the boat and the boat's rocking. Everybody's like, hold on, Jesus is sleeping. And he gets up and he says, seas, be calm. That's how it works. And so again, if we have that in us, yeah, like, yeah. We have that in us. Cross on the background. <laughs> yeah, that cross came from a, a, a prison where inmates make crosses when they find Christ yes. in jail. That's awesome. And that raises, yeah, we raise, they, and they sell them to raise money for their ministry in prison. So funny story, Todd Stoudemire was on the podcast in the past, the baseball pitcher, and yeah. his dad was Mel Stoudemire, famous pitcher for the Yankees and pitching coach. And okay. they, were, they were out in the mountains, massive snowstorm, just terrible thing. And they're in this like mobile home type thing. And the boys wake dad up. Dad, dad, this is terrible. The storm, the wind, the noise, the, we're going to die. Yeah. And dad wakes up just for a second. He goes, just go back to sleep. It's going to happen. Whatever's going to happen. And the difference is I'm going to get a good night's sleep when I wake up in the morning <laughs> and you guys are going to feel terrible. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just like Jesus in the boat. Like we got this. We're, we're either going to die or we're going to no. live. Like yeah, why, yeah. why worry? <laughs> really comes down to a choice. You know what I mean? It yes. totally comes down to a choice. It's no different than what you put on television. Click a button and you have a totally different thing that you're watching. It's really just the shift in your viewing and what you're choosing to have in your life. It's really that easy. You know, so it's, I have a gentleman that texted me last night, two 30 in the morning. And he's like, I can't get away from porn. I'm like, I, mm. I'm like, I'm like, you want to know why you can't get away? And he's like, okay, we're going back and forth two 30 in the morning. And I said, that's why you just said you can't. Tell me what you can do. I said, so you can tell me that you can take care of yourself, but you're taking care of yourself in the wrong way. And so it's, again, it was just a shit. You know, he's like, man, you're making me feel bad. Uh-uh, you're the one that texted me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you felt guilty enough to text me to keep you accountable. Says, I can't get away from this. Let me help you do this. And this is a guy that's like a, a big fish here in town that goes to, you know, the church. 
and mm-hmm. people know this guy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he and I kind of keep each other accountable. And so he does with business, I do with him in a personal life and a spiritual life. And so it's again, almost like an, you know, Operation Paul or Operation Timothy kind of thing. You know what I mean? So uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we, we all need a Paul in our life, somebody to help teach us some things. We all need a Timothy in our life that we can transfer our knowledge to and help them up. Sure. And we all need a Barnabas in our life. Somebody to just ride or die with us and be there right there with us yeah. as we go yeah. through life. So the Braveheart moment, you know what I mean? Like I got you back. I'm not going anywhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We got to surround ourselves. We can't, can't do life sure. as the lone wolf. That's for sure. Sure. So when you're in your uh, personal life or professional life, uh, what are some challenges you see that guys have just over and over and over again? You already mentioned the porn one, and we all sure. know that that's a massive one that's out there. It is. is there something else that guys just trip over relentlessly? Uh, I'm a big fan of the Weather Channel. Growing up, there were two TVs in my house. We had the Cooking Channel. My parents make food you can't spell, right? They love cooking together. So the Cooking Channel was on and the Weather Channel was on. And I teach my life, you know, seminars and patients and my family I'm all about the weather channel, traffic and weather on the eights, constant updates. And I think we get stuck in the minutia of life to where women, once they have children, make the children number one and their husbands number two. And it's just the default how God made that, right? Because they're there to nurture and we provide in very different ways. And so I think if we had somewhere like your calendar, right? The challenges, when do you have 30 minutes of family time? But when do you have 30 minutes or 10 minutes of us time about what I need? And so we all have a different love language. And if it's really one of them, I enjoy touch. I love a hug and I love an Adrian. You know, I love an Adrian. Like, you got this. Go. Win, Eddie. Go. Yeah. When that happened, I got an Adrian. Right. And so if I'm not married to an Adrian, I'm like, where do I get that from then? I have other right. people in my life that are my Adrians. Right. So we need those things versus having a little bit of resentment towards your spouse because you are not providing according to my expectations. Hold on a second. Weather channel. The expectation is traffic and weather on the eights. They don't care what you think, how you think, what chaos is in your life. That weather channel on the eights gives you an update of weather. Do you have that in your relationships? And I think I do that in a business relationship, male relationships, female relationships, my spot, right? We're surrounded by relationships. And I think the biggest disconnect Dan, is the lack of ability to communicate. Cause we're afraid what the other's going to think. And so I'm a huge fan of hand on the heart. You know, can yeah. I share something with you? You know what I mean? It's kind of like when somebody says, Hey man, I'm moving next week. Can you help me? Uh, nobody likes helping anybody move. Moving sucks. Right. And you can't, I don't want to do that. So a friend of mine had taught me years ago when anybody asks you says, I'd love to help you. He said, Eddie, take out your wallet, take out a hundred dollar bill and hand it to them and say, Hey, I would like to pay for somebody on my behalf that can help you move. That would be better suited. And so now it frees you up. You don't have to say no. And so it's a little trick guys. It works great, but uh, I can't afford to get injured. I'm injured. I can't see patients. So, so that's true in your case. Yeah, absolutely true. You know so I mean? on, on my side, a long time ago, a college buddy of mine's like, Hey, when people move and in college, everybody moves like every three months, it seems like sure. it's like always help them move. That way you got people help you move and nobody ever shows up on moving day and that kind of thing. So yeah. I, I actually always try to show up as adults. Now, nobody ever lets you know when moving day is, and they always say no, and they refuse your help. At least the people I know. Sure. So it was uh, a little over three years ago. I show up in this guy's garage and I just start moving boxes and blend in with the moving company. Yeah. He shows up like an hour later cleaning out his old house. And he's like, hey, hey, uh, you're not one of the movers. What are you doing? 
<laughs> I'm like, you told me you didn't need help. Yes. Right. And he looked and he goes, I was wrong. <laughs> and turns out he was, there was a major crisis happening. He wasn't there. He's taking care of the old house and his wife was, and she was overwhelmed by all the stuff she had to do. And she's breaking down in tears while yeah. he was away taking care of what he was supposed to take care of. He was unaware. I'm like, dude, you just need another set of eyes around to help manage. I also used to work at UPS back in the day. And so I used to load trucks. So when people move, I stay in the truck and I can load. I don't load it where you ramp it down. No, I load it where the walls are square. And it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, my <laughs> problem is I'm so darn particular is that I have a certain way I'm going to do it. I'm like, I got it. And the problem is then I'm doing all of it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Like, I, I, like, I like that game of Tetris. That's fun. Right. Yeah. Real life Tetris. So you're talking about the wives and then they kind of go towards the kids and shift their focus. Where do the guys shift their focus? You also mentioned Adrian. I've got somewhere to go with it if you don't, but where do the guys shift their focus? Uh, to it. That it could be work where I make more money. Uh, that it could be porn, could be sports, could be my own hobby. It could be maybe I'm living my failed life through my children and I didn't make it on the team. My kid's going to, right? And so they find an it as a void uh, where they're really not addressing the problem. And so I think, per the, again, the Weather Channel, they're focusing more on the commercials than the actual weather. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and I think that's the problem is, is that when you stop living your life through others and you just be the man that God created you to be, most guys don't know what that means. And it's, uh, there's too many boys out there and not enough men. And so I didn't become a man until I was 28 years old. I was a doctor at 26. I wasn't a man until 28. True story. And a woman turned me into a man. She called me out, right? We found Christ together. We got baptized together. It was nuts. And um, I don't know how we didn't end up together. It was just interesting. But again, God had a plan. And how things snowballed, you make it choices and experiences. And I'm not going to regret that because I am the husband who I am because of this woman because of, of Christ bond together. So it's a stepping stone. And I think all of us is, can reflect on our yesterday. The problem is, is we take yesterday's pain into tomorrow's pleasure, right? Yes. And, so, and when we do that, we, what happens is we never live a life of enough. And so one day I'll get in shape. One day I'll have enough money. One day we'll have a relationship. One day we'll have, have a house we want. One day, and there's never a one day because you're never in the present. And, and, and nor are you not only in the present, you're never in appreciation. So for case in point, today's Tuesday. Today's Gratitude Tuesday. Gratitude Tuesday today. And so that's, I'm getting well or seven days of success. On today, we call it Gratitude Tuesday. So I either write, I make a phone call or I write a text message, an email or a card. I've got thank you cards in my book and I write cards to three people why I'm grateful for them in my life on Tuesdays. And so that's just the theme of how I do you know, the day of the week. So I always have something. It could be your spouse, could be your kids, could be a coworker, could be somebody you bumped into at a grocery. It doesn't matter why you're grateful for them. And I think when you do that, then you stay in the present stand. You know what I mean? I think Christ was key at that. He was always in the now, always in the now. Even in the last moment, when he looked at the, uh, the guy, you know, the thief, and he looked at him, he was in the present. He's like, brother, I accept you, man. Let's go for a ride. We're going to go. You're joining me. And the other one didn't. It was choice. It was straight up choice. So talking about gratitude, funny story. There was a guy goes into a post office and he had been told to compliment people. Every story you go into, whenever you're with the person that's helping you or supposed yeah. to help you compliment them. 
Yeah. Well, he goes into the post office. He waits in the long line. He gets up to the totally gnarly woman, just angry, negative. <laughs> She'd been treating every customer in line in front of him like inhuman people, just yeah, just tearing them apart. And he gets up there and he's like, oh, I got to give her a compliment. She's ugly. Her breast stinks. She's mean yeah. and nasty and takes a deep breath. And he's wondering what's going to come out of his mouth. And he goes, hi, I really like your earrings she picks her head up looks at him like he's a real person and smiles real big she's got just a few teeth though yeah yeah <laughs> and she yeah. says oh wow thank you how can i help you today yep state breaker yeah game changer yeah she totally. became personable and helpful the person behind him got a good experience and sure. somehow he found a genuine way to compliment her in a very difficult situation Right. There right. wasn't much to compliment. Right. Right. <laughs> According to us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I have a, a friend of mine and he decided to take his life when he was uh, 40, 41. He was a fireman and he literally put a rifle up to his face and went and survived. And wow. so he is incredibly disfigured. Didn't have God in his life. Now he's crazy for God. On Joy FM and 99.1, he's done the 99 seconds to 99 joy. 99 seconds right? to joy, yeah. So he's done all that. He can't smell. He lost his nose. He lost his tongue. He can't taste. So he gets fed. It's just crazy. He can't see. He's blind. Went through the optic chiasm. Lost his eyesight. So he can't see. He can't smell. He can't taste. But he can hear like no other. Right? His senses are sharp. Sure. Super cool dude. He's a lot of fun. He's always cracking up. And so he comes into the office. And we chit chat. You know, and, he's, and every time he hears a woman's voice. It's all perception, right? Every time he hears a woman's voice, he's like, doc. And he's like, doc, doc, right? Because of his tongue. And I can understand yeah. him just fine. Yeah. And he's like, is that her? And so when he says, is that her? It, does she have every woman he sees with his blind eyes as he hears them? They all have red hair and green eyes. <laughs> every woman. <laughs> and so it just so happened one day when he was in, there is a woman that I take care of that she's tall, she had long red hair and straight up green eyes, like emerald green. And I sit next to her and I introduce them, right? She's married, whatever. But I said, you have to meet my friend. And so they shake hands. And I said, you're holding her hand. And I promise you, she has red hair and green eyes. This dude was shaking. But again, it was all based <laughs> on, right? It was, it was awesome. But it was all based on thought. And it's all based on perception. I can't see, I can't hear. I could be lying to him. Right. But it was all based on thought. So when you wake in the morning, what are the thoughts that you're starting your day with? And I think a lot of people go, again, yesterday's pain, I got to go to work today. You don't have to go to work. You get to go to work. Right. And so when I look at, I get to pray with my family. I get to go. I get to sit in traffic. You don't have to sit in traffic. Quit your job. Do something else. If you think about you get to do that. I mean, think about, you know, there was a lady came to the office yesterday. And she's like, gosh, traffic's pissing me off. I'm like, how? Because the person next to you singing in the car. So if traffic's pissing you off, it would piss everybody off. But it's your perception. And so I remember my wife and I at the grocery store a year into marriage, no kids yet. And this woman, it's young girl, maybe 20, 21, maybe at the grocery store. It's packed. Everybody's checking out, right? This is way back. And she's bloop, 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 right? And just, you know, tossing items to the bagger, just head down. I'm like, wow. And she's like, what? I go, are you okay? She's like, I just don't want to be here. Cool. Then leave. She's like, I can't. I get out of here at five o'clock. I'm no, no, no. I'll make it really easy for you. What's your name? I see your name tag. Amy, Amy, I got this. No big deal. And my wife's like, oh God, 
<laughs> this is real life, folks. This is real life. This is not a real funny story. Yeah, no, not story. True. And so, because my wife lives with the seminar, right? And so I'm like, here we go. I mean, the grocery store, every aisle is packed, cashiers. Amy's quitting today. Scream across the store. Amy's quitting. She's outie. Goner, right? And I'm just loud. And she's like, sir, sir, sir. And the manager comes on over, right? I don't know, his name's Mark, right? So he comes on over and he goes, is everything wrong here? I'm just, I'm ecstatic right now. He's like, why? What's going on? I said, I was just so excited. Amy was just telling me how much she loves working at this grocery store. And she's just in here and she's just got a smile on her face. I just, I want to thank you, Mark, for hiring people like Amy. Right? It was a game changer. She went, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble to where? He's like, Amy, good work. Thank you so much. Walks away. And she's like, oh my God, don't do that again. I go, Amy, this isn't Russia. You got a choice to be here. You filled out the application. Per your application, they hired you based on your requirements and characteristics. You're all in. You made it and they hired you. So smile. You don't have to be here. You chose to be here. And then that from there. And you know, my wife's like, oh God, here we go. Right? It's putting the groceries in the bag. And, and so I just, again, it's all based on perception of choice. I don't have to be on this podcast with you. Right? You do not. No. I'm not paying you. I get, <laughs> no, right. I, I get to be here. And so it's that kind of thing where why not be enjoy that moment? I worked out this morning. I did five other things. I was cleaning my windows in my house at 6.15 this morning. Why? Because I got up early. I'm like, what am I going to do here? Well, the windows are smudged. I got a dog and my kiddos touch the glass. Drives me crazy. So instead of complaining about it, guys, just fix it. Right? So many guys are like, oh, look at this is done. That needs to be done. I got to do everything around here. I clean more than my wife. Because why? I, I find enjoyment in it. I like a clean home. If you come to see my office sometime, anybody, it's clean. I clean it. Then we'll have a cleaning crew. I'm cleaning crew. Call me Edna. I'm the cleaning crew. (laughs) Because if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, just don't do it. And so that's how I like to live my life. And if we do that, now there's no resentment. There's no regret. There's no this. However, we get stuck in relationships sometimes to where we're starting to do this. And we really become roommates. And so I'm writing a book on relationships. And one of the chapters is, is the new high school relationship. Today's new high school relationship is once my kids graduate high school, Mm -hmm. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I see that very, very, very daily, daily. I absolutely talk to couples daily about it. And I coach a bunch of couples and kind of help them relationships. And and, even me talking to my wife, like, do you need me around? Do you really need me here? Do you want me here? What do you like about me? What do you dislike about me? What a, remember the weather channel? You know, so they're thinking stuff. I don't have, you know, I don't like carpet. I don't sweep any of my stuff under the carpet, right? So I want it, you know, let it be exposed so you get it on out. And I think of when we have that communication, most of us have a couch in our house. And a lot of houses have love seats. They have a sofa and a love seat. They call it a love seat because you have to sit next to each other. So why don't you have that 10 minutes where you can sit next to one another and say, hey, I gotta get something off my chest or can I just tell you how much I love you and I appreciate you? Instead of barking all the time, I'm a big fan. Gentlemen, hear me out. Praise, correction, praise. I love when you do this. Do you think we might be able to do this? Thank you again for doing this. Praise, correction, praise. It opens up a conversation and leaves it in a good note. It's kind of like I play golf frequently and my son is in a junior PGA, so that's why I play golf frequently. And so when I go and we play, we go to the driving range He'll hit the balls, right? He's hitting them decent. He makes a few oops shots, right? We all do. But if he mishits the last ball, 
we don't leave the driving range. You don't leave on a bad note. We do that with relationships. We get frustrated. Oh, fine, whatever. And walk out of the room. And when you walk out of the room, you're walking away from her. That's not the man who she married. You pursued her. You got her to say, I do. And all of a sudden you won't. Uh uh-uh, that's on us guys. So I am a huge fan of touting why divorce is so prevalent is because of the male, not the female. And so, yes, we can grow apart, but if you're always pursuing her, it keeps her on her A game. Heck, when somebody gets divorced, what happens? They get in crazy shape. They start taking care of themselves again, everything. Why wouldn't you do that together? So my wife, she works out. I work out. We go to a similar place to go work out. She likes to feel good. I like to feel good. I like to be attracted to her. She likes to be attracted. See how this works? You know, how much money is enough? Most guys don't do that. How much money is like, I arrived, I'm there. You know, there's a guy that came to my office, Dan. You know, I call a spade a spade a little bit, right? So this guy comes to my office and he sits down, big dude, really big dude, gets referred to me and he sits down and his arms crossed like this. I'm like, wow, you're that guy. I just walked in. He doesn't know, he knows of me. I walk in the room, I go to shake hands, right? Like this. And he's sitting like this. I'm like, hi. Wow, you're that guy. He says, why? Because can you drop your arms for me? Like, let me in a little bit. Like, why the wall? Do you do that at home? I know you do it at work. So your business, I've learned a little bit about your business. You do pretty well, like really well. And your business, you've got several hundred employees and you're making money and you're a big guy. And so you're doing all this stuff. I haven't met your wife, but would you consider her a trophy? She plastic up top. Like, could you consider a trophy? She works out. She stays home. You give her all the money she wants. Are you that guy? And so talking to him, he's like, who the hell are you? I'm just trying to figure you out right now because you like your wife and you desire your wife, right? Yeah. You look down, sir. You can't see your genitals. What makes you think your wife wants to see him? This dude got hot. Huh. I said, man, I want to help. I talk. My name's Eddie Weller. I run a program called Getting Weller healthy mind healthy relationship you have a toxic relationship right now because your wife's a prostitute she's also a nanny because she takes care of your kids takes care of the house and she takes care of you physically that sounds like trust made the nanny and the prostitute that's a chapter in my book it was after this guy that i met and i said so we can fix that one change your relationship or you can go on make your two million dollars a year and then you'll die of something because your health's going to crap. And then your wife will have all that money and find some other guy she really wants to be with. Or you can change that right now. Do you want to play my game? He's like, wow, I thought this was a chiropractic office. Yeah, I know. We talk a lot of things here. And so, again, with that, when I talk with people, we don't get so stuck in our thing where it becomes our why versus as a man, that's just part of the puzzle. But we lose ourselves. You know, in the center of our life is us. And then we have our friends, our family, our relationships, our hobbies, our, all of these different things. When we lose our health and when we lose our wealth, either one of those, we take our health or wealth and put that in the center of our life. I can't eat this because I have that. I can't go on a vacation because I have that. I can't do that, right? We do that with our health. And I can't wear those clothes because I don't have enough of this. I can't drive that car because I can't live there. See, it, health and wealth is identical. It's identical. And what's so interesting to me that maintaining is much easier than regaining, right? Once I get in debt, it's hard to get out of debt and then start making money. So try not, don't get in debt to make money. This is why doctors are failing left and right right now because they're so buried in debt, they can't get out and they end up doing something else. 
You know, assuming it's the same thing with, you know, with finances and your health, you get so overweight and sick and toxic and just your lifestyle is toxic that in order to lose the weight, I call gaining shape, in order to lose the weight and then get in the shape that you want, that takes time. So it isn't it so funny. It's really easy to get in debt fast and it's really easy to get sick fast. It's hard yes. to do it the other way around. It sure is. <laughs> right. Sure when is. You arrive, what's that number? How much money is enough, gentlemen? is it where you're like man i'm good because i you know during the covid right you know office income doubled that kind of thing with that i started you know kids were homeschooled so i was doing you know art with my kids i was doing gym class and i was doing uh math right so i was doing all that with the kiddos and we start doing these huge murals sidewalk art from the murals i meet a gentleman in pakistan young guys 19 crazy for christ and he and i got really 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 close i started a not-for-profit i purchased literally what was the name again chalk to clay.com started with sidewalk chalk to clay brickyards in Pakistan. And that I, sidewalk chalk picture was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. You'll see them on the website. I'm putting more up now. So the house, I decided to purchase 19 children out of slavery, orphaned. I'm now dad. It's nuts. I talk to these kids like four or five times a week. It's craziness. And so they just sent me clothes, right? Pakistan, all these different Pakistani clothes. I'm wearing it in the office on Thursday, by the way. Awesome. And so it's so fun. But with that, I've decided to build a church, a school, and a home. Ready, gentlemen? My wife's not on board. Not so, her. Th- so, so your wife's a zero out of 100 on this project. I mean, zero. Zero. And so she asked last week, she asked, how much money have you sent so far? And I have no idea how much I've sent because we keep our businesses separate. She has no part of my business. I have no part of hers. And so she's in the corporate world. She does her thing. Yes, we share a personal bank account, but on a business level, she has no part of my office, no part of it at all by choice. So I can resent her. I would like for her to be part of it a little bit, but if she doesn't want to, I can't force her into doing that. No different than our children. Can't force your child to play football if they want to play soccer. Anyway, so with that, tens of thousands in, that's all I've said to her. And I'm going to give her any number. And then with that, the business keeps going crazy. The more I keep giving, it's just nuts. Every time I look at my bank account, when I give excellent, this morning I gave $1,500. And so two hours later, got verified in the bank account. This was deposited in your account. I'm like, how did I get there? Like every time I give, it gets matched. It's nuts. That's the faith. That's the faith. The mustard seed faith. And so it take, I promise you, it took me a long time, especially after 2003, when I got burned, yes. it took me a long time to have that faith. I got disconnected with God in a bad way for a few years. And, but again, we all stray, but we got to come back to the principle and the why. And so with that, we're almost done building the house and the school and the church. We're really close. The electric's going in this week. So it's just, it's been awesome. It's been a blessing. But again, as men, not everybody has to be interested in what we're interested in. You know what I mean? God will bring the right people at the right time. Christ only had 12 disciples. I promise you there were more than that that approached Jesus says, I want to join you. And Jesus said, know what? I thank you. Just teach the word because you know there were millions of other disciples. Heck, I mean, look what happened. It's still around. We're still talking about it. That's a heck of an MLM, by the way. Yes. Right? You want to call marketing? That is That downline is it, right? And so when I think of that, not everybody has to do the things that we want to do or like to do. And so when God's going to bring the right people at the right time. It's so funny when you hear that question be thrown out there in a non-faith group and you say, Hey man, when we're talking leadership and skills, who's the greatest leader of all time? Yeah. Right. And I just wait to hear the answer because people come up with different things and sure. Sure. If Jesus isn't mentioned, 
I'm like, hey, what do you think about Jesus possibly being the greatest leader of all time? And throw that out there and see where that conversation goes. Right. I, on the business level, I always throw out, I says, you guys read books. What's your favorite business book or this book or that? I said, you know, I, do you ever refer the book, the most written published book ever in history? Have you ever guys reviewed that at all? Can really, second place isn't even close. Not even remotely close. And so I'm like, why aren't there any books on Buddhism? You know, you know like Buddha. And you talk about Buddha or Muhammad. Where's the, you know, they have their, their book. But outside of that, I'm like, where's the picture? Like I keep a picture of Christ around. We have a picture. Where's the picture of the, all these other guys? You know, I think of those things. It's not mockery. But again, there was one that started. And I remember when 9-11 went down, right? That's when I lost faith in this country, by the way. But when 9-11 went down, I was just going, I'm going to buy the Quran. So I bought the Quran and I said, I'm not going to listen to social media. I'm not going to listen to what the you know, news has to say. I'm going to read it for myself. And as I'm reading it, Christ is mentioned, not stopping it, by the way. Yes, and so I'm flipping through all over the place. And I'm like, wow, Jesus is the Cadillac. Back in the day, like the Cadillac was a ride. So when you get in a car, it says, man, this thing rides like a Cadillac. It's smooth like this. And all they're doing the entire time is comparing Muhammad to the Cadillac, right? And so why not just drive the Cadillac? And so that's how I look at Christ as the Cadillac. It's a cool little story. And that's another chapter in the book I'm reading. And so again, when I think about all of the things you're comparing to, it's not what would Jesus do? Because you have no idea what Jesus would do. You're not there. But would you, if he was standing next to you, would he have a smile on his face? So when you start scrolling on the internet and looking at things that are inappropriate, would you do it if he's sitting next to you? If you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you flip somebody off, would you do that if he was next to you? Your wife aggravates you and your kids are going crazy. You raise your tone and you start saying something that is appropriate. Would you say it was if he's standing next to you? That's how God, that's why I keep the mindset of, I want to put a smile on his face. I want him to go, hey, Eddie, dude, you did good, dude. I'm cool yeah. with that, right? And if, how do you know? Because your spirit talks to you. You know if you're doing right or wrong. You just know, you know? And I, I think about that whole thing to where playing hide-and-go-seek as a kid. Playing hide-and-go-seek, it's pitch black. Can't see anything in the room, right? You're little and you walk in the room, you're like, dude, I know. Oh, you are so in here. I'm like, you know. How do you know when somebody's in the room with you? Like, you know, you feel that. What do you feel? That's that thing that you and I share. All of us share that. It's a spirit entity that all of us share. And it's loving, it's nurturing, it's giving. Look at when animals, right? When some, or even humans, but when an animal dies out in the desert, right? And they're all walking on over and other animals, even their own. A zebra goes to a dead zebra. They're real skittish because there's a disconnect. And I think the connection is, is of God in us. And I think when we do good, because we have two thinking, two brains, one that keeps us alive, the other one we think with, right? But when we just give in the, without any reservation or expectation, all of a sudden you're like, man, what do you think, Christ? He's like, what are you asking me for? I got a smile on my face. I'm good, dude. And so that's how I, that's how I like to live life. So if you're stuck with something, guys, and you want to have another guy keep you in check with all that, really think about if I'm logging on in, I promise you, I'm as guilty as you are. We are all human and we all slip, but we can all slip and kind of like, no, what? I made an oops. I'm going to go back and I learned from that. You know, I slipped from church for three years. I didn't have any God growing up, by the way. I found God with my hands in a dead body doing my first dissection, right, at school. That's how I found God. It's a fun little story. And so when I think about the evolution of how you grow a relationship, I get involved in this church. 
patient of mine says, hey, do you know everything you talk about with the body and how it heals and this inside out intelligence that it's written in scripture? And I go, his name's Larry. I'm like, oh no, you're not this holy roller dude, are you? Right, because I've never been to church. I'm 28, never been to church in my life. Right, never said the word God. And so I'm like, okay. He's like, no, no, no. I'm starting care with you because this totally makes sense. And that's the reason why I actually wrote my first just makes sense. It's because of this conversation with Larry. I'm starting care with you. This makes sense. You, Eddie, are going to church with me. I'm picking you up Sunday. You're going. Okay. I had no choice. He's like, I'm knocking on your door and you're coming with me. And so he was crazy to all in. He would drag people. You're going like you're going. And so we go to church, right? And it's half black, half white. It's just crazy. People are hugging, high-fiving. There's 80 people on stage choir. It's nuts. And he's like, whoo, 5,000 people, hands in the air, screaming, people flopping on the floor, screaming in tongues. I didn't know what the heck it was then. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you feel it? Jesus is here. I'm like, where? I want to meet him. Like, where's he at? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just so funny how that evolved. And I really got involved in that church a lot, like way involved. And so I started getting more and more involved and start speaking there and that kind of thing. And Bible groups in the study, I was so all in because it was my first place, right? I meet this guy sitting in the front row. His name's Craig. We became super tight. Craig was on a mission trip. Bro- it took state and bodybuilding, jacked, ripped, three years in a row. State, and he's on a mission trip, running on the beach with a bunch of kids in Jamaica, I believe it was, and he tripped in a little hole that the mm. kids were making sandcastles, went to go catch himself, hit his chin, snapped his neck. He's paralyzed neck down. Mm. Mission trip for church. Breaks his neck. Wow. And so I said, yeah, unbelievable. So I sit and he's sitting in the front row in a chair, right? And the church bought the chair and the van for him, the whole nine. And so I sit and I said, dude, we need to talk. I can't imagine how many medicines you're on. You're having some neurologic things. I'm a neurologic doctor. Let's talk. So we started a snowball and moved a bone in his neck and crazy. he drives. He, he got his doctorate. I mean, it's nuts. It's a fun little story. However, with that, one day he and I are hanging on out and he just starts F-bombing the pastor like hot F-bombing because wow. he's involved involved. He's been in the church for years. I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? He's like, remember that little fundraiser that the pastor, he was like this, you know, remember that fundraiser the pastor just did? Church was till midnight. They're passing, Dan, passing Tupperware bins over your lap and people dumping money, wallets, cards, everything in it, raising money for the pastor's son who's in South America building these houses for the people who don't have it. And so everybody's raising money, rates to hundreds and hundreds of thousands, tons of money. And so he, we get home. He's like, he's not building houses. He's in a Coke rehab right now in Los Angeles. Oh, my goodness. I talked to him. I'm best friends with him. I talked to him yesterday. He's in a rehab for doing drugs. And I got bitter. I'm like, whoo, Eddie, Eddie. And, uh, you know, I'm like, holy cow. I, like, I respect this pastor. He kept me on my toes. Sharp dude. And so I get asked to speak at an event in, in Vegas. And so I'm like, man, I'm going to go get a suit made. I really want a nice custom suit. I'm going to go and be on stage for a few hours. So I'm like, no, I'm going to go. And so I get this suit made. I'm with my buddy, Craig. I'm like, hey, man, you think Pastor Rob would wear this? And the tailor's like, you know Pastor Rob? It's like, yeah. He said, He'd laugh at your suit. Your suit's 2500 bucks. His suit started $10,000. He only Ooh. wears them three times because he doesn't like his clothes dry cleaned. Now I'm bitter. Now I really investigate the church and I can talk about it forever. Here's the thing. I left the church for three years. Shame on me. You don't go to church for the pastor. Right. Wrong move. 
I didn't know that. That was my first church, guys. Right? But it's an evolution of growth. You learn of that. As I tell a story to you, you can have church in your basement, in your car, in your backyard, in the bathroom, in a bus stop. It doesn't matter. You have church. We, Christ followers, are the body of church. Right? So if we're the body of Christ and we are the church, then you, you know, yes, going to a place where we get led by the pastor. But if you're not getting led, find another place where you are. Because I know I'm speaking to a bunch of guys right now who are just kind of disconnected. You know, we left the current church that we were at for 12 years because the pastor was pushing vaccines as a church. We had, and it just didn't resonate with our family. It's not where you belong. Talk of Christ, please. And so a ton of hundreds and hundreds of families left. And so you find other places that don't speak of that. You just find the right fit because I'm not the same Eddie that I was last year. Heck, four years ago, I didn't have these things, right? That's right. And so, yeah, so we evolve. And so I, as we evolve, it's okay. Yesterday's okay because are you living in your yesterday or are you just going, man, I learned from that. I'm not going to be that guy anymore. I'm going to be this guy. And every day is a new day. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but since you brought up like your church experience. And in that case, the pastor and blaming and everything else, when we're gathered with Christians, Christ is there. Christ is there. When we're gathered in prayer, Christ is there. So I heard, heard this guy, Matthew Kelly talking a while back and Matthew says, Hey, you know, people that complain about church, you show up and the choir's not so good. The greeters, you know, got three teeth and breath smells and the books are old and crusty and right. on and on and on, you yeah. know, whole laundry list Music's of the reasons awful. why the chairs, it's, it's terrible. Or whatever. Right. And he goes, so let's, let's peel back. What if you really believe Christ was there? And what if you went to church to get one question answered and you listen for the answer? So at the very beginning of service or before service, hopefully you get there 10 or 15 minutes early and can prepare. Not even listen, but you're looking for the answer, right? Looking. Yes. Seeking, seeking. Yes. Yes. So the question is very, very simple. And I do this every single week. I say, Hey God, this week, can you show me one thing in this mass that'll make me a better version of myself that I need to do this week? I've got my book. I've got this pen that I got in my hand. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that moment of the thing. The last two weeks, I'll be darned if I don't say the prayer, sit down, open the book and go, there it is. Yep. Hadn't even started yet. Yeah. And I've got a message that comes to me and I write it down out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. One service, I was leaving and I always look back. I always say goodbye to Christ. I always say goodbye to Jesus. And I'm looking back at him and I go, come on, man. I paid attention this whole service and I didn't write anything down. I didn't get a message. Yeah. Take a deep breath. And I'm like, I'm so disappointed that you didn't answer my question this week. And I kid you not. I hear you haven't left yet. Service isn't over yet. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still paying attention. Right. And if I don't hear something in the song that has been playing for a while, as I'm walking out the door, that was the thing. Yeah. I'd heard it 10 times already, but it didn't register. Right, right. And I heard it in a different way. And I grabbed my book out and I stopped and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I got to write this down right now. Like yeah. people are running into you. I'm like, it doesn't matter though. That's yeah. not important right now. What's important is that I write down the thing that I need to write down. Yeah, if yeah. I go out these doors and I start talking to somebody, I'm going to, there's a likelihood that I'm going to forget. So the question is, if you're going to church every week, and you believe that God 
has a likelihood of speaking to you at service, why wouldn't you bring a book and a pen? Why wouldn't you bring some way to record that? Yes. I say, hey, we're going to go to lunch together today, me and you, Eddie. Yep. And God's going to talk to us today. Cool, man. And you invite him in, right? Yeah. Invite you into this conversation. Use us. You know, we want to better you. We want a disciple for you. Yeah. And then we don't bring a book. We don't bring a pen. We don't bring any way to record what he, you know, and you're like, no, he's not going to talk to us. I'm like, well, right. okay, then you won't hear him. Right. <laughs> like you said earlier, I can't, I won't, as opposed to sure. he can. I can, I will. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think how many times have you said, oh, I got to go to Home Depot. Or I got to go to a store and go pick this up. And you get in the car to go to get there. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you buy five other things besides the thing you're really supposed to get because you didn't <laughs> write it down. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. That's why a lot of contractors, you see them. I used to build homes where I was a doc. A lot of contractors literally will take and write things on their arm, or they'll take a two by four with them, a piece of scrap two by four, and write on the two by four and bring the two by four with them, <laughs> like an eraser in grade school to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I've always got the pen and I've always got my left hand. Yep. <laughs> so if yep. there's no paper However, around, I do, I do a bunch with the phone. Is I will, yes. I'll grab it, I'll dictate my notes. I'm like, oh, hold on. Blah, 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 blah. I get that there. Some way of recording that. Yeah. Yeah. Text myself, send an email to myself. Sure. It's, yes. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, when you get the thought, stop, pause, capture it somewhere, whatever that and, thought and is. And what's so crazy is, is many times in my life, Dan, when I get that thought, it's not for me. It's for me to share to somebody that's on my, right? That's somebody yes. I know. And somebody's, I'm like, oh my God, so-and-so needs to hear this right now. Right. And so it's and so cool. Yeah. And total side note, uh, if you write it down on a piece of paper, you might lose the piece of paper. And you, if you have your phone handy, snap a picture of it. Right. <laughs> no, you don't lose it. Right. <laughs> I've lost so many pieces of paper over the years that sure, I, sure. when it's important, I snap a picture of it so that I've got a, a backup plan to it. Go green. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh, dude, I'm so thankful to have you with us. And oh, it's so cool on, to be able to call a doctor dude, by the way. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I, mean, I think, you know, my mother calls me Dr. Weller. Um, all of my patients, when they walk on in, I say, hello, my name's Eddie. They're like, well, aren't you Dr. Weller? I says, yeah, that's another name I have. I said, but if this guy, because I have a big colored picture, I have to send it yeah. to you, big colored picture of Christ on the wall. I said, if this guy walks in the door, I'm not introducing myself as Dr. Weller. I promise you, right? You can call me Eddie. Nobody in scripture, disciples, do you know their last names? Nope. You know, their first names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, to total, total side note. What do you call God or Jesus or the Holy spirit or just any of that stuff? When you're having your conversation. I, I usually say Christ. I reverence him. I don't, I don't know if I'm worthy enough yet to say his first name. So when you say, Oh, that's Weller or that's Smith or you, you say, yeah, yeah. Last name because how many times has somebody called you and says, Hey Eddie, what's going on? I'm like, I, who are you? I don't recognize this. Stuff. Hey, Dr. Weller. Oh, hello. What's going on? See how yes. it's a, right. It's a different yeah, reverence. It's yeah. a respect reverence. Right. Yeah. You know? And so that's uh, to me, it's a respect. You know, when I said, Hey man, Christ is, you know, and if I really feel put some guys, you know, or my family, I said, you just put Liam, my son, he always reads a devotional. He's it, you know, before he goes to bed. And so a lot of guys read devotional mornings today. He goes, I want to end my day talking to Jesus. And I'm like, I'm not going to argue that dude. And so again, with that Jesus of a 10 year old saying that I'm like, let's roll with that. You know? So it's, again, that's how I, I, and here's the thing. I don't care what you, you can call whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? You, you can call this a phone. 
You can call this any name you want to call it. It still doesn't stop its function of what it does. It doesn't right. matter what you call it. And we just give it a title. And I think Christ is the same way. I don't care what you call it. Just follow me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I asked that question just because people that have a personal relationship with Christ, we've yeah. all got our own relationship. It's unique and different and individual and yeah. not that anybody cares, but sometimes, you know, Christ is right there with me riding shotgun. And I look over, I'm like, Hey man, yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> I got to talk to you. <laughs> it's not, Hey, right. you know, Holy Lord and Jesus Christ or any of that. It's Hey, Hey man. Hey dude. I, I talk sure. to you for a second. I'm going to share something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so yeah. weird. I'm going to share something. I've never shared this, Dan. I've never, ever, ever shared this. He's like, oh boy, what are we going to talk about? So I um, uh, I was driving in the car and I'm by myself and I was like, <clears throat> throat's weird. And I've got a Jeep, the top's down. So I'm like, oh, yuck, right? I get rid of this thing by myself. So I go, I couldn't spit up. I had to spit sideways. You know, I'm like, I did it one time. I'm like, man, I just look, I look up to the sky for life and God and health and abundance. And now I just spit. Yes, it's a symbolic thing. It's a weird thing, but spit is demeaning, right? Demeaning, right? very demeaning. Very demeaning. I mean, you spit in somebody's face. It's pretty demeaning. So I don't know if I you remember, remember that NFL thing. No. I think it was Romanowski spitting that guy's face. Oh. And all heck broke, broke loose. Yes. It is worse than any name. And it's worse than a punch or kick in the shorts, right? Yeah. It's just the meaning. And so my daughter has never seen me spit. I mean, so we just, ever, even playing sports, I just don't do that. It's just, a, I don't. And, and that's the example I want to lead. I want my daughter to marry somebody like me. So you cut a bunch of junk in your throat. You're clearing it out. You, you're all by yourself. <clears throat> and you go to spit right. out of the top of your Jeep as you're cruising along. I know how that is with the top, you know, the Jeep. Yeah, that's super cool. But instead you're like, no, I can't do that because. Well, and I caught it. I'm like, I can't do this right now. And I'm by myself. You know, last week I went for a cruise. And my wife's like, where are you going? I go out. I want you to come with me. And she goes, where? I says, I'm going for a drive. And she's like, and where are you going to end up? I go right here where I'm at. She's like, we're already here. I'm like, you can get out. Go, go. You're not ruining my moment. I'm going for a drive. It's beautiful outside. Stars are glowing. I'm going to go hang out and talk to God and just go for a cruise. I'm gone for three and a half hours. <laughs> Three and a half hours, man. I went to the wineries. I ended up in Washington. I drove everywhere. Right? I'm up and over. I'm just driving and just hanging out. I didn't care where I was driving. I was just watching the needle in my gas because I can only get 14 miles of a gallon anyway. Right? So I'm watching the needle go down. I'm like, guys, yeah, time to get gas. I'm going home. And I went home. It was midnight. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's just about you and your relationship. And it's something as simple as your wife not wanting to come with you or if you spitting out of the window, everything has a meaning. And so if you want to give it meaning in a negative fashion or you want to give reverence and respect to it, I choose respect to it because there's dudes in prison making crosses because they found Christ. Heck, there's a guy at my Bible study did not know Christ until he committed a felony. Right. God uses you in the weirdest way. He goes, I found God behind bars, man. I found God with my hands in a dead body. You're going to find I mean, you're just going to find your own path. And it's your going back to the beginning of this. It's your story. And it nobody is, it is. It it's your story. Hey, and I think quick, when you share that story, it's really, really cool. You know, it so, is, it is. Yeah. Having that signature story to, to uh, pass along to somebody else and encourage them. So you, you brought up the Jeep thing, quick side note. This one's a practical 
thing that you can do as a man to have a better relationship with your wife. Okay. We all have trouble communicating as men face to face with our wife, looking at her. She's looking at you yeah. kind of an adversarial type thing. You mentioned the love seat, pretty good place to have a chill conversation. You're yeah. side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Another great place to have a conversation like that or to just have fun is out on a drive. Yeah. Where are you going? So we, we had this uh, day planned all out. To your point real quick, it's non-confrontational because you're both facing this way. Yes. Yeah, right? your teammates. Yeah, your yeah. teammates. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a sand volleyball thing and it was going to take uh, maybe three, four, five hours or what have you. And we realized a couple hours, like there was going to be a couple hour gap where we weren't all that critical to what was happening. Our kids were there. My parents were there, family and all that. I'm like, hey, would it be right if we just took off for a little bit? Yeah. And we'll come back. And like, what are you going to do? We're like, we're going to have a day date. I'm like, where are you going to go? I don't know, but we have Burr. a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> and we turned out, we just drove around to places we hadn't been. And we just drove and just had a great time and just goofed off like kids again in high school that if we had a Jeep back then, we just had fun. So right. total blast. Yeah. On a different day, we were riding in the Jeep. We knew it was going to take about an hour to get there. And I had a topic I wanted to talk about. And so I actually had questions prepared. I had a speech in my mind, yeah, yeah. but different paths. So wherever the conversation went, I was already prepared and ready for it. But we're on this ride. And I said, hey, I would, I would like to talk to you about a certain thing. Here's the topic. Would it be all right if we jumped in? And I laid out my little thing. Anyway, being in a vehicle side by side, you can have lots of fun. Or you can also have great conversation because yeah. you're both looking out the windshield. You're both going the same direction. Teammates, teammates go the same direction. You yes. go to the destination together. So anyway, total now, side note. But I, I, To add to that real quick, if she's driving that conversation, if you're going to have a topic, man, that you want to address, you can drive and have that conversation because you're leading that conversation. However, if you're sitting in the passenger seat and now you want to have a talk, it's not going to work. Because she's driving, she's concentrated, wrote, yeah, I know. What about this? I don't want my wife to get upset if she does. Well, she's driving. Yeah, no, not good. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We, we yeah. definitely don't want an emotional wife driving for no, sure. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And for that matter, don't, don't you either, guys. Don't sure. be emotional sure. yourself while you're driving. Yeah. Don't injure anybody. But um, yeah, I've just found those vehicle conversations. You know, if you've got 30 minutes, an hour or driving on a long road trip, do something with that time productive. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I really enjoy a nice glass of wine or a nice cup of coffee. You know, I'm a little bit of a snob on both of those. Uh, so I'll spend a little extra cause I know I'm getting quality. And so it's just my gig. Right. So I sit outside and I'd like, Hey, want to join me for a glass of wine? You know, half glass. Let's just sit on the patio and just kind of talk. You know, one of the things that I enjoy doing is I have a jacuzzi. And so it's six in the morning or at night, midnight, I like going in the jacuzzi. It's pitch black in the backyard and neighborhood, right? And I'll jump in the jacuzzi. I'm like, hey, you want to go? She's never been. We've had the jacuzzi five months. She's been in one time with the kids. And so you're just like, oh, gosh, let's have some fun. Let's hang out. Let's talk. We'll be in the bubble, whatever. Again, some things, including our spouses, are not going to want to do the same things that you want to do. And, you know, and that's hard not to have a resentment. And you just ask God, what do you want right now? You know, I think... You know, I'm not a fan of divorce, but sometimes the line is so far drawn where you're stuck. What do you do? You go to God with it and say, so God, how do you become the center of this? 
Because in scripture, it reads, Jesus says, I'm the bride. That is one word, bride. Why is that? Because I am the link between the both of you. I am the bride and the groom. You put me in the center of this relationship. It's going to work. And so, and if there isn't one, then one is moving further away in the relationship because one's following with God and the other one just says, eh, it's your thing. And now there's that, right? So this is why you have to surround yourself with others that just go, dude, I know where you're at right now. Let's talk about how you can get back on track with her. And so again, I'm not pointing fingers at any woman or any men right now. We're all dealing with our own stuff. And so, you know, you can hold on to that painful thing or you can say, I'm going to find a solution. I got God by my side. I got, I, I'm going to figure this out. So it's, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, do what you can do. Put Christ at the center of your relationship. Talk to your wife about it. Own the outcomes that you can control. Yeah. And the outcomes that you cannot control, those aren't for you to control. So don't own that. Sure. Own what you can and what you can't, you can't. Right. And that's why you never say, why me? Every, why me? It says, all right, now you having me endure this. I want to know why so I can help others. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you make it more about them versus you. And, and if you so go to why me guys, give yourself a time limit, right? Yeah. Five yeah. minutes, whatever, whatever time right. limit you give yourself. Fine. You want to be in that space? Take as much time as you We're want, all there. But, but put yeah. a limit on it and right. then switch to maybe a, how might we, yeah. or what's, what's the best way? Or you mentioned, uh, the praise, the, the, uh, praise correction. Praise. Yeah. yeah. So what even that, do that yourself, you know? Have you ever written, you know, a cool little exercise, guys, write your own eulogy. Yes. You ever try that? So, it's tough. It is hard. So talking about the eulogy, I, I, I thought about that and I, for years I couldn't do it because I kept thinking of things of the earth, resume type things. Yeah. yeah. And I, and it made me angry. I'm like, well, the almost, resume things aren't what I care about. Because it made you angry because maybe there's an expectation for yourself that you w- thought you would be further along. I mean, I'm knocking on the door. No, 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 not further okay. along. It like I'm writing down accomplishments. Here are things that people are going to say about me. He Accolades. was this, he was that, he was professional this, he was professional that. Went to a funeral the other day and the guy was a uh, veteran a chopper pilot that got shot down a couple of times. Wow. The only thing people said about this guy was that he got shot down a couple of times and that he helped save a bunch of people and did all the stuff for the military. And I said, that's fantastic. I didn't hear God. I didn't hear great husband. I didn't hear great dad. I didn't hear any of that. And then you live many other years besides me. getting shot down, right? A whole lot of years. <laughs> a whole lot it, of years. And it, and it pivoted for me when I thought, when I hear them talking about my honor, respect, and love for my wife, when I hear how that impacted her, when I hear how my daughters developed and where they are and who they married and then the grandkids, all of a sudden, all this joy and my eulogy just flowed out. And it didn't say anything about what I do for a living. It didn't say anything about how I made money. It didn't say anything about earthly stuff. It had everything to do with my, with core values that are essential to me and how those got the legacy got passed on to my kids, friends, family, people that I influenced over the years. So all of a sudden yeah. I was like, I love this exercise. Yeah, right. But totally the way different. the person well, framed it. Well, you didn't make it initially. You made it about you. And then you start making it about others. The person that was leading that exercise framed it that way, where I was trapped in that sure. box thinking. And it took every time the exercise came up, I'm like, this is so stupid. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. 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 
because I was coming up with the same outcomes, the same answers. And then sure. one day sure. it all shifted for me. So, and I, you know, and again, they, there's a comparison thing, of course, like I don't live in a house like they do. I don't drive like they do, but yeah, but how uh, many other things, quick story. And then we can, and then whatever, but forever, this is like the view. A good friend of mine growing up, his father was never home. And his father was always at the bar down the block in Chicago at a tavern, always at the bar. He had an, another sister, a younger sister and mom, and mom would stay home and mom would work, right? They'd go to school, but dad was never home. Dad would go to work, drop off his check, leave and go sit at the bar. That's it. It's all he knew of his dad, period. Dad dies. But he shows up at the funeral and he can't find where his family's at because there are thousands literally filled the entire blocks in Chicago of people that came for this guy's funeral. And wow. he's like, am I at the right place right now? And he goes up to the front and he says, Oh, you're so-and-so son. You're so-and-so son. And so he had such a disconnect with his wife that he didn't believe in divorce that he went to the bar to bring people joy and happiness to get them away from their misery. And he took care of all these people and he took care of this family and this wife came on over and this widow came on over and this kid, and he was a dad to hundreds, but see the perception. He had a perception of what he thought his dad was doing, but what was his dad really doing? You know, mm -hmm. case in point, people have perceptions about us, about what we do and how we do things and what, and they have an expectation with that perception is that you pleasing others or is that you going to please God? This guy just wanted to go please others and put a smile on God's face. Mm -hmm. He didn't take care of his initial financially he did, but no other means. He did his thing because there was a disconnect with him and his wife. That was just how he did his thing. How you do your thing is your thing. But make when you're putting others first with your thing, your gift, you put a smile on his face. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. absolutely. Cool. And now the eulogy becomes really easy because you think about all the different things and how I want to add to people's lives. I mean, heck, there are kids no longer in slavery because of a gift that God's given me to make money and I can purchase these kids. And now I'm building a home for them. Mm, Chalktoclay.com. Yeah, it's called the Agape <laughs> Home, right? That's just how it works. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Have you got any, anything else you want to add? And then I always ask everybody that comes on to throw a challenge out to the guys also. So I'll open it up to you to add anything you want for, for Christian sure. dads or guys that have questions about sure. being Christian dads, and then also throw okay. a challenge out to them. I do this. Uh, I'll do it frequently. So there's an expectation, you know, I'm a huge fan of an unexpected gift and an unexpected time is the way to win your wife over. An unexpected gift at an unexpected time. I don't do Hallmark holidays. I met her online. So I told her I don't do Hallmark holidays when this is sweetest day or this is Valentine's day. I don't do that because there's an expectation for me that day. If I need one day to remind you of how much I love you, just the one day we have a problem. Yes. And so I challenge you guys that when your wife is sleeping, odds are your wife goes to bed before you do. Your wife is sleeping. I want you to take the covers and fold them up at the foot of the bed and get a little lotion on your hands and massage your feet while she's sleeping. Do that. Because here's the thing. If you were dating, you would do those things. You know, people say, date your wife. Write down the top 10 things that you want in a relationship. And whatever you want, do it to them first. So let's go all over to Dr. Eddie's. We'll go yeah. over about right? 12, 1230. He's asleep at that time. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll get some yeah. lotion. We'll massage his feet. You know, I once I'll, connect, a... I'll connect with his wife so she'll let us in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Problem is that I'm up later than everybody else, I promise you. So I heard once, if you want money, give it. If you want time, give it. If you want love, give it. And so if you want something first, don't wait for it. Do be that thing. Gandhi hit the nail on the head with that, right? Be the change in the world. If you want to change in your world, then you have to be that thing. I love touch and communication and that kind of thing. So my wife isn't that person. So I'm going to give her touch. I want to give her communication. And so I, that's something I challenge you guys. Or maybe it doesn't have to be a foot massage. It could be an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. Surprise her with this thing. When's the last time you sent your wife flowers? Siri. Uh, yeah. Right? Been, I'm not I saying I, you. Man, I, I, no, I, rem I remember I did that and it was either 2020 or 2021 with COVID, it's all the same year. Right, right. <laughs> but I did that because I wanted to break up the routine of monotony. what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Break up the monotony, just the little things. And, you know, the other day, you know, I get in her car and she's just not, I used to own a boat and car detailing company. And so I'm particular about my cars and my cars are always clean and hers are not. She's got suckers stuck to the seat, right, right. wrappers and stuff everywhere. And so she's out doing some things at work, whatever. And she went to the gym. She took another car. She walked. She walked. And so I took her car and I detailed her car, cleaned it, polished it, got it all clean, filled the gas tank. Everything's done. Shut it, shut it all down, put the keys on the, on the counter. And that was it. She gets in her car. Didn't say anything. Day one, day two. Day three, it wasn't until my son got a ride to go into a sports thing, golf thing, says, wow, mom, your car is clean. And she's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're not going to notice the things that we notice, guys. And it's tough for me because I notice everything. And so she doesn't. And again, it's just that gift. We work out, we go to this place and you stand on this vibration plate. And she's like, I'd really like to have one of those. It'd be cool to have at home. I'm like, they're great for you. They're healthy. They do this, yeah. they do that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. We'll look into it. That night I bought one and I put it in the, you know, two <laughs> days later, it's in the basement. And so we're sitting down and so you're in the house. I'm like, Hey, I, I got a little something downstairs. She goes, what? She goes, I said, go check it out. So she goes downstairs. Oh my gosh, what's going on? It doesn't have to, there was a little pricey, but it doesn't have to be an expensive gift. It could be something to fill up her gas tank and clean her car. Cause you would do it when she was dating. Cool story. My mother had growing up, there was this guy that she dated. And when he did called her on up and they went on a date on Friday, Friday nights, this is pre-marriage went on a date on Friday night. He would call her up and says, what dress are you wearing? And she's like, Oh, well, I guess I want to wear this color. Cool. He would rent a car with that color dress. The oh magic color dress. Smooth. I'm like, who is this dude right now? Right. It's just a cool move. But again, it's that extra something. If you're that extra something, they're always going to want to be like, that's my guy. That's yes, my guy. Yes, yes. You know, I can't tell you how many of her girlfriends get together and they chit chat and all the guys come out over. We talk because I don't really hang out with those guys a bunch. And so they come out over and says, would you stop? All the girls are talking about all the crap that you're doing for your wife. You make me look bad. I'm like, no, no, no. You better get on your A game, dude. Because I have this belief, gentlemen, if I don't take care of my wife, somebody else will. Yep. They might do it temporarily, but they will. But they will. And that's how the enemy gets in the middle of your relationship in a hurry. Yeah, so it gets those thoughts wandering. So therefore, I always want to be on my A game, and I am. Yeah, and pursue your wife. Pursue yep. your wife. Pursue, pursue her heart. Pursue her. There's a yep. book out there called Giftology by John Rulin. Yeah. Huh. 
Okay. At some point, John will be on, on the podcast. Fantastic yeah. guy. I love him to death, but he mentioned sure. that same thing. That's what is, that's what the book is about is giving fantastic gifts at random, unexpected times that, yeah. that catch people right in the heart. Sure. And it's all about them and not about you at all. So kind of your challenge is kind of that same thing. It is. It is. Fine. I, have, I have got a company that, uh, there's a few companies, well, I've got a company that's being acquired, purchased a company that I've started. And so with that, I was, we're talking about a business deal and this guy is killing it financially. And, and he's holding like a big pen. I'm like, wow. Okay. Cause I usually go to deals with a nice pen, you know, nice. I, come up with a Mont Blanc and you know, I show up with a nice pen. I'm not signing. The president doesn't sign something with a Bic, right? right? I promise you, right? There's, there's a reason for that. So today is what I'm going to do. There's some big things happening tomorrow. And so I am getting online right after this and I am purchasing a nice pen for him to show up at the deal and I'm going to mail it to him and it'll open up. I says, it's great doing business with you, right? The unexpected, the unexpected time. It impresses everybody because it would impress you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. So do something unexpected for your wife that, you know, she'd just die for whatever that might be. doesn't matter. What if something, any, could be anything, you know what I mean? So I was at the mall. I drove by the mall and I got a hundred dollar gift card to Macy's. Hey, you want to go shop and go buy something fun? I don't care. Something, you know, that simple is the fact that you thought about them when in your busy life sets the tone for the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a fantastic challenge. I love it. It fits in perfect with the 30 day challenge that we're doing right now. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate you always. I appreciate it, and yes. I appreciate you also coming on the podcast as well. Check out chalk to clay.com. If you want to see more of what Dr. Eddie is doing. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you guys. Right. Keep on right. being you guys. All thank right. You. God bless you guys. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and I hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.